KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. Welcome back to another edition of listener-supported KPBS Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm Beth Accomando. Okay, we're trying out some new things here at KPBS with our podcast, so bear with us as we grow and change. Episodes will now be 30 minutes in length, so we can get them included in the NPR One app to reach a larger audience. And soon, there'll be some short spots running inside each podcast. So this week's preview podcast of the TCM Classic Film Festival will come to you in two parts. In part one today, I speak with TCM Classic Film Festival programmer Charles Tabish about what this year's festival will offer. In part two, I speak with Sean Belston, the archivist at 20th Century Fox, who will be hosting a presentation at the festival dedicated to looking back on the history of the Fox studio, as its future is a little bit uncertain with major changes coming under its new owner of Disney. TCM Classic Film Festival is one of my annual joys, and if you love movies, you'll love listening to these guys talk about film. The festival starts April 11th and runs through April 14th in Hollywood. You can buy individual tickets to some shows, especially the midnight ones. And if you can't attend, you can search out some of these titles on your own or on the TCM network. I began my interview with Charles Tabish by asking him if there was anything he was particularly excited about for this year's festival. There's a lot, as always, that I'm excited about. Our theme is is love, which is great. It's been 10 years. We still haven't done that as a theme, and given it's our 10th anniversary, it seemed like a, a, nice, a nice theme to explore. And there are obviously great love stories running throughout the film festival. But another thing that we're doing that I'd like to mention is that we're, we're celebrating 20th Century Fox, and given that they were just taken over by Disney and they're going through a lot of changes and, and who knows what's going to happen with their studio, their history is being celebrated, and I'm, I'm excited about that. And so we're playing a lot of films that are, were really important in the history of the studio, including Shirley Temple and The Little Colonel and Sunrise, uh, you know, one of the great late silent films, uh, all the way up through and including Star Wars and and uh, I'm I'm happy that we're, that we're able to do that because it's such an important part of Hollywood history and I I think it's really worthy of a of a tribute at uh, uh, at the TCM Film Festival. And part of that tribute is going to involve bringing a Fox archivist to do a presentation. Yes, Sean Belston, who is their archivist and who you know, knows that history uh, maybe better than anybody uh, and has done so much work to preserve those films, is doing a special show uh, on their history. And I've seen a, a written copy of what he plans to talk about and the clips that he plans to show, and I really think it's going to be great. And I, and I think after watching it, you're going to want to see all the Fox films that, that, that he references because he really puts them into a, an important context and uh, and of course, you know, we're all about context and going deep. So, 
more than just showing the films, I'm, I'm really glad we're able to highlight this bit of history. I had a chance to speak with Sean, and he's part of not just archiving stuff, but also helping to restore films. And one of the things that I've really appreciated about the TCM Festival is that you guys take so much care in what you're presenting in terms of getting the best material, whether it be a nitrate print or a new 35 or a good DCP. And can you just talk a little bit about, you know, how you go about getting these materials and and the kind of challenges you face? Thank you. Yes, actually, that is a huge uh, part of the, of putting together the film festival. And I appreciate that you've, you've noticed that we start with the films that we want to play and we approach usually approach the studios first and ask them what material they might have and often they might have a new restoration or they might have a high quality print but uh, but many times they don't from there we might go to the various archives that we've worked with over the years so uh, archives like UCLA or the Academy or Library of Congress or George Eastman House or MoMA or the big ones or BFI even or, or even other international archives and we'll see what they might have. And if they don't have what we want, then we might uh, see if there's a way for us to create a print or, or even to create a new DCP, and we'll, we'll, we'll cover that cost. There's a limited budget. We can't do that for everything, but we do it for quite a bit if we feel like the film is important. And even until the last minute, we are maybe, I, wouldn't, I don't know if scrambling is the right word, but doing everything we can to make sure that we have the best version possible. And there are times there are films that we want to play that we can't play because the, there's, there isn't a, a good version uh, that's playable. So, so it, that is a challenge, and that's something that we, we take seriously and that we put a lot of work into. And this year, I know in past years, I, I remember seeing the, uh, the film Cock of the Air, which the Academy had restored, and that was such a delight. Are there any films this year that were particular challenges or that you're particularly happy that you got a good or new copy of? Well, there, so there are a, a couple of um, restorations that have been done by different archives. That, like, for, There's a film called o- Open Secret that UCLA restored in partnership with the Film Noir Foundation that I'm, I'm really excited about. Uh, and we've worked uh, on a couple of films that might not see, you know, like A Father Goose, which is such a charming Cary Grant, Leslie Caron movie, and Indiscreet, we've Paramount has put, created a DCP for that, so we're excited. Another Cary Grant movie. Now, just try to follow this. Let's just take a, well, a usual case. A man meets a woman, he's attracted to her. He courts her. They're old enough, and she uh, favors him. Eventually, she'd like to get married. He then says, I am not the marrying kind. Now, do you admire such a man? No, I don't, but go on, go on. Well, I too don't care to be married. On the other hand, I don't care to give up women. (laughs) I understand that. Now, since I have no intention of getting married, I feel honored bound to declare myself in the beginning. What, before the favors? Certainly before the favors. That's where the honor comes in. How do I declare myself? By saying, I will never marry? What woman really believes that? If anything, it's a challenge to them. What do you do? Well, I say I am married. I'm married and I can't get a divorce. Now, our position is clear. There can't be any misunderstanding later. It sounds reasonable. Well, it is reasonable. I think NATO has got you in the wrong job. I know there's a big hole in your argument. I haven't come to it yet, but there must be. There must be. Why must there be? You've got it all wrong. You're the exception, you know. Most people do get married. I don't resent that. 
That's very tolerant of him. I merely asked him to respect my indifference. You're just against marriage for yourself. Oh, indeed I am. And whether you believe it or not, I love Anna. I love Anna as I've never loved before. But I wouldn't marry any woman if you held a gun to my head. I haven't got any gun. So we're excited about, you know, films like that. And we've, oh, we created a new DCP of Withering Heights um, because there was no good print available for that, which is, you know, one of the greatest love stories of all time. So, yeah, there are, there are several out there that, that I think are, are important films that, that we've been able to get through working either with the archives or the studios and kind of putting our own resources into, into creating uh, good versions. Now, a couple of years ago, the Egyptian upgraded their projection booth to be able to project nitrate, which is a format that is potentially combustible. Uh, so you guys have made a commitment to bringing nitrate back every year. Uh, what are the films that are going to be shown on nitrate this year? Yeah, I mean, not only that, we actually uh, helped fund the nitrate booth at the Egyptian. We were partners with them in that, as well as the Film Foundation, with the idea that we could then showcase nitrate at the film festival. The films that we're doing are Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer, uh, Roadhouse, uh, not the Patrick Swayze <laughs> version, but the 1948 um, film, Samson and Delilah, and the Dolly Sisters are the four. So kind of a mix of bigger, better-known films with a couple of obscurities in there as well. I imagine Samson and Delilah will probably be epic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <format>. absolutely. <laughs> I think that well put. Now relive the colossal drama of the mightiest colossus that ever lived. Samson and Delilah, the immortal story of the strongest man in all history, a masterpiece of big screen entertainment. Samson who alone and unafraid challenged and defeated the most dreaded army of his time. His daring exploits have become legend, but Samson was ensnared by the seductive beauty of Delilah. Daughter of hell. His lust became a trap that led to his downfall and capture. Cecil B. DeMille's Samson and Delilah. Now, you mentioned that the theme this year is love, but uh, are there other kind of sidebars that you'd like to highlight? Well, we always have uh, various other tributes. So we're tributing the, the producer and casting director, Fred Roos. We're paying tribute to Juliet Taylor, the also casting director. And then I think what's really special is we, are, we, we have our second annual Robert Osborne Award, and um, the the recipient this year is Kevin Brownlow, who's such an important um, person uh, in in terms of bringing films to people and and rediscovering films and and making them available, whether it be through his own research or restoration work, or or uh, creating versions that are that that had been lost and and to bring into people that um, they can rediscover them, as well as he's a, a director uh, himself too. So. Playing It Happened Here, which is a film that he directed in the mid-60s as sort of an alternative history of what had hap- what would have happened had the Nazis won in World War II in, in Britain. And then A Woman of Affairs is a film that he brought to the public that had sort of been forgotten about. And so we've got a live orchestra with that, uh, and that's the, the special on the closing day on Sunday. Kevin will be at both of those, and he'll be receiving the award in front of It Happened Here. 
Well, a lot of these films are classics, and, and people will remember them for being great works of art. You also have some fun with the Midnight Shows. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this year, two Midnight Shows, Santo versus the Evil Brain. Uh, Santo was a, a, a hugely popular series of uh, films. He was a Mexican wrestler and in Mexico made a, a series of films that were very popular there for many years, and he's got kind of a cult following here among hardcore film fans. And The Student Nurses is an exploitation film by, made by one of Roger Corman's sort of, uh, I guess, disciples. She was one of the few women who was an early director in uh, uh, making films in the 70s. Her name is Stephanie Rothman, and she'll be there to introduce the film. The student nurses, four girls on their own. Once you've met them, you'll never forget them. They're the student nurses, and they're learning fast. The student nurses, maybe they can teach you a thing or two about what's happening today. So, yes, they're both kind of not the kind of things that you might see in the regular daytime programming, but they're perfect for midnight shows. Well, you mentioned that the director's going to be present, and part of what you do at the TCM Film Festival is that you make discussion of the films a very key part or key element of the programming. For sure, and that's very much like we do it on, on the channel itself, that we have a host, we put things into context, we want people there to talk about why this film is important, uh, what are the interesting things about it to appreciate we never just show a film. We always have somebody there to, to introduce it. And when possible, we will have people that uh, worked on the film or that were in the film or, or filmmakers themselves. And we're about film history. And so much of that is uh, the stories and uh, behind the films, and not just the films themselves. And one of the discussions you have looks to be very interesting, which is the complicated legacy of Gone with the Wind. So what are you hoping that this discussion is going to be about or kind of the conversations that it'll create? Yeah, well, I think that uh, that will be very interesting because it's both uh, one of the most popular films of all time. It might have had more, more, a uh, greater attendance than any film in history in terms of theatrical um, audience. At the same time, it's problematic. I mean, it's you've got the happy slaves, you've got the South uh, being heroic, you've got things that are are very questionable and and offensive even uh, to a lot of people. And I think um, there are, are a lot of people that don't understand that history or that, the offense maybe or the difficulty that some people have when they watch it. And, I, and we want to bring out that discussion and talk about why it's problematic. What are the, how do different audiences see the film? How do African-American audiences see this film? You know, I, I was having a conversation with a colleague about it and he was saying, I don't understand the controversy. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're part of the family. The slaves are part of the family. And I was explaining that, but they have no choice there they don't it's not their choice to be part of the family they're forced into it and and i think that it, we have to look at uh, movie history sometimes from a from a different perspective and there are some people that think the film should be banned outright there are others that think that it's not a problem at all and we just want to delve into that and and talk through some of those issues i mean we're playing the film at the festival so we're certainly not in the camp of of uh, of never showing it, but we do think it's an important conversation, and we're eager to have that at the festival. Well, I really appreciate that because I think, you know, trying to erase 
films or, you know, yeah. keep them doesn't do us any good. Like we can't learn yeah. from it if we don't go back and look at it and consider when it was made, why it was made, how it was made and and how we view things differently. And I just feel like trying to erase those things is not the best kind of course of action. I agree, and I think we agree uh, as well. And having said that, though, I do think it's important to bring different perspectives to it and understand. Also important to understand that that, uh, certain films, and maybe less Gone with the Wind than others, but other films, I mean, to take an extreme example, Birth of a Nation, I mean, it's hurtful sometimes when you play those films. And it's not that we would never play it on TCM. We have, but the context has to be just right. And you have to... Like you said, it has to be a teaching uh, a moment as well as, you know, showing the film. We don't want to ignore it. We don't pretend like it's never been made. But I do think a lot of these films have an impact beyond what you might first think um, when you when you watch them. And, and, and I think that's important to bring out as well. Well, I want to tell you that the attending the TCM Film Festival with uh, my partner in crime, which is Miguel Rodriguez, we run a group called Film Geek San Diego, and we run year-long programs here. But attending your festival and experiencing a lot of the pre-code films that you bring back inspired us to do a whole year of pre-code films here in San Diego. And I just love that you bring some of these movies up and they're just such wonderful surprises because a lot of them aren't screened that often and um, I don't know which ones you might want to I know that I don't think you have a specific pre-code section but I know a couple of them like Tarzan and his mate are films that were made during the pre-code era and they're just so amazing to watch sometimes yes they're great and, and what's so great too is that we get such great um, feedback or suggestions, both from our audience or from the studios themselves or from the archives. So um, there are movies like Blood Money, which is a you know a crime uh, gangster film, or Night World, which was suggested by a TCM fan that we you know sort of looked into that and said, oh wow, that would be fantastic. Or Merrily We Go to Hell, directed by Dorothy Arzner. So yeah, we're we love. Uh, not only showing them at the film festival and letting other people discover them, but for us it's always a discovery, too, because we take suggestions from the people that are really involved in in preserving these films in the first place, and they give us a lot of direction and and help guide us, and that's terrific. This year you've added a new venue. Can you talk about that? Yes. The American Legion started building a new theater, and it's called The Post, and it's gorgeous. It's brand new. We've been uh, tracking it as they've been building it, going, doing site visits, and, and just making sure that it, you know, it serves a purpose for us and for the film festival. And then we've had our technical consultants, Boston Light and Sound, involved as well in installing their equipment and making sure that everything works, the projection is proper, that the, the prints that we play are going are gonna to look good there, and, and everything is looking terrific. And it's a beautiful big theater. You wouldn't expect it to be there. You have no idea if it's there if you're driving by. It's in the American Legion, and it's got a bar, it's got food, it's got, you know, just an incredible screen. It can it can accommodate 70-millimeter digital, 35-millimeter. I, I think that at first people might be annoyed that it's not right in the middle of the action where, like, where the Chinese is, but once they get there, they're going to love it and want to camp out there because it's uh, it's a great venue. 
Now, you mentioned your theme is love, and one of the films that you are screening, I'm curious if which category it may fall into, because in my twisted world, I would probably consider it love, is The Godfather Part Two. <laughs> so that's a tribute, part of the tribute to Fred Roos. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it is because he produced it, and uh, and it's of course one of his better films because it's one of the greatest films of all time. I suppose I mean there is love in it, although it doesn't it doesn't uh, in, romance, in some twisted ways, but it doesn't really come across as a love story. But that's not why we're playing it. But it is an incredible movie, and I'm 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 eager myself. I'm trying to carve out the time to see at least some of it at the film festival because um, I, it, I, it's just it's so great. And are there any, I know this is probably like asking you what your favorite child is, but um, are there any films in particular that you're really excited to be showcasing this year? Well, this is going to sound kind of kooky, I think, but what I'm excited about is my daughter comes to the film festival. And uh, and this year, well, especially this year, because it lines up with her spring break. So my wife is going to take her to Yours, Mine, and Ours, and I'm really excited about that. And she's going to take her to Father Goose and The Sound of Music. The 70-millimeter print of Sound of Music is playing at the post. So um, I'm especially, that's what excites me this year, is taking her to these films. We show her films at home, but it's really fun when we can get her to see a classic movie in a theater. Beyond that, I think having the the world premiere restoration of Nashville and having people like Jeff Goldblum and, and Lily Tomlin there right. and Keith Carradine is really special. I love um, the movie Holiday, which I don't think is seen a lot. Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. And there's a new restoration from Sony that uh, I'm very excited about. Um, and then the 30th anniversary of Do the Right Thing, which um, which is a great and important film. And I'm glad that that's going to be part of sort of the Turner Classic movie um, collection and, and part of our, our, our programming this year. So that's what jumps out to me, I guess. I'm sure there are more. Uh, Godfather 2, for sure. I mean, uh, uh, you know, and, and Star Wars, because that's not shown very much in theaters. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad we're able to, to do that. Well, you mentioned bringing your daughter, and I know that I spoke to at San Diego Comic Fest. William Stout, the illustrator, was there, and he said that he wants to take his grandson to see King Kong, but he made it very clear that the first time his grandson sees it, it has to be on a big screen. Like that's, mm. and so I think like like passing on that love of film from one generation to the next is really important. It, well, you know, well here, okay, here's something kind of funny to me anyway. My, I was home, I had TCM on. It was Saturday or Sunday. Uh, and Ocean's Eleven was on, and, and my eight-year-old daughter just stumbled into the living room and, and about halfway through started watching it, and I had to get up and walk the dog, and I came home, and she, wa- she watched it all the way to the end, and now she really wants to see it at the film festival, too. And we're playing it by the pool on opening night. So um, it is, you know, it just makes you feel good when you, when you can pass that, you know, that love of movies on to the, your kids. It's, it's, it's terrific. Do you have any advice for somebody who might be attending the festival for the first time in terms of, like, what's a good way to tackle it or to, you know, try and get the best out of the festival if you've never gone? Um, well, I think one thing is food is a big issue. So uh, have food that you can eat in line. And also I would say enjoy the lines because that's where you meet a lot of people and make a lot of connections, make a lot of new friends. And I think that that's great. And then it does pose, I think, difficult choices for people because a lot of events are going on against each other. But 
really dive into whatever it is you decided to go to. And, and, and uh, I, th- I think that's what usually happens. You kind of think, oh, I'm going to miss this if I go to that. But whatever you end up going to, it ends up being a great experience. And, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that that, that that continues to happen. But for practical sort of uh, advice, the biggest thing I can think of is, is have food available that you can, you can eat in line. That's, that way you can get the maximum number of films screened in a day. That's right. Well, That's right. It's a little bit like the Comic-Con experience in the sense of line, waiting in line is part of it, but you're going to be yeah. in line with people who have the same kind of passion and interest that you do, and so that line waiting can really be quite enjoyable. Yeah, I haven't been to Comic-Con, but I, I have experienced that um, you know, just talking to people that have been in line or, or the times I've gone to film festivals and been in line myself. And, right, you you meet like-minded people and you make new connections. And it's and that's one of the actually best things. And it was something we actually had thought about when we first decided to do a film festival. We didn't want it to just be the movies. We wanted it to be a, a community experience. And, and I think that that's what's happened, that it's become almost like a convention for classic movie fans. And, and that's really terrific. And do you see anything looking forward in terms of where the festival might go or, uh, you know, anything that's kind of on the horizon for TCM? Uh, no, really. we've talked about where it might go. Do we want to make it bigger? Do we want to change locations? But to be honest, we don't um, as of now. I mean, I, of course, anything can change. But we, you know, we we like it. We like we like it's contained. It's manageable. Um, it's still big, but it's uh, it's it's not crazy. And um, and Hollywood is you know not only has the the theaters, but has the history and and people coming from out of town. Uh, I think really like like it as much as it's not you know um, classic Hollywood anymore. It's still, it still is such an important, you know, important part of film history. So as of now, there are no real plans to make major changes. We always try to add something new this year. The post is kind of the biggest thing that we're adding that, that new venue. But, um, but fundamentally, I think just like the channel itself, we, we, we kind of want to keep it the same. All right. Well, I want to thank you very much for taking some time to preview the festival, and I look forward to seeing you there. Oh, thanks a lot, Beth. And I'll talk to you soon. And I'll, you have, soon. And I'll have some treats for the midnight movies. <laughs> yeah, good. Do you, do you go to the midnight movie and then get up for the 9 a.m. movie? Yes. Good for you. Yes. Well, you know, you you can do anything for a fixed amount of time. Like, you know, if you know it's only yeah. four days and you have to go with just a few hours of sleep, it's okay. And yeah, you can do it. Just sometimes, you know, rolling out of bed, it, you know, is you got to really push yourself. But I've done it myself. I do it. I do it here. I got. I have to get up even earlier for meetings at seven in the morning. So, um, you know, I, I know you, you can be done. But yeah, it's a. It, it makes it. I think even kind of fun. It's a challenge. Oh yeah, we got up. I remember I think we did a midnight and then got up super early because my friend is a huge Godzilla fan. And when you screen Godzilla, it was, I think, the first film in the morning at the Egyptian or something. And he wanted to get the number one ticket. So, like, I think we were over there <laughs> by 7 o'clock or something. <laughs> oh, that's great. And that was a great presentation. And Bruce Goldstein did his, like, you know, special history yeah. of the film. And that was really great. Oh, yeah. And then you also have, oh, I, I always forget their names, but Ben Burt and... Craig 
Baron. Yeah. Baron. They're they, doing two films this year. They are so fabulous. Which ones are they doing? They're doing Tarzan and his mate and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and we've played Raiders before, actually, but this year um, they wanted to do a, a, do that specific film, and we wanted to, decided to bring it back because they are so great, and they're going to bring so much um, context and history uh, to both of those. And they're just, everyone loves them. They're such a terrific uh, part of the film festival, and we're really lucky that they've been coming every year. Yeah, they're fabulous. They, they're they're witty, they're they're knowledgeable, they like give you insights into things that you, you know, didn't expect and they just have make it so much fun to watch and learn about these movies. 100%. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Beth. That was Charles Tabish, Senior Vice President of Programming and Production at TCM. Listen to part two of my TCM Classic Film Festival preview when I speak with Fox archivist Sean Belston about his presentation at the festival and about the crazy detective work an archivist has to do to keep film history alive. Thanks for listening. Until our next film fix, I'm Beth Accomando, your resident cinema junkie. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.